For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm your host, Matt Moderno. Our next episode after this one should be the first one to feature our new co-host. We have decided that. We were doing a giveaway. Got a lot of good guesses. Uh, Fitzbra, guest Martel Webster. Ward 8 vet, guest Brendan Haywood. Taekwon Flow, guest Sam Decker. Uh, it's a, not a terrible guest, Taekwon Flow. He is today's guest. Uh, he will not be the permanent co-host, though. Weasel Armor guest Trevor Booker and Fitzhugh C guest Jason Smith. Uh, none of those are right. Um, derp a derp a derp a derp a derp a derp a However many derps there are involved there uh, was the first to guess Jihadi White. And it's probably because the network went and put his name up on the show logo, but that's okay. I'm a man of my word. I will still hold true to this. So if you want to reach out to me, either on Twitter, through DM, or email the show at believeinwizards at gmail.com. We'll hook you up. A2 Duran and Jcot uh, 112 and iGamer624 were also super, super close to being first to guess Jihadi. So kudos to you guys for getting it correct, but you were not first. And then just shout out to um, BMKAR, JDud23, SportsFanX, SportsFan11, one two two and Jared Wilson for all just leaving really nice reviews for the show as well. They didn't even guess; they were just nice enough to do that. We do really appreciate that stuff. Today's episode is going to be presented by Stateside Vodka. Uh, as you've been hearing the last couple episodes, we've needed that pretty much for the last several games. Hopefully, the Wizards get things on the right track, and honestly, they're good to just enjoy during a win too. So keep that in mind. And we're presented as always by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to our website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEF, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Okay, like I said, today's guest is Sam Decker. We're going to be talking about where Sam's at in his career, talk a little Wizards, but also I want to talk about his fellow uh, Wisconsin brethren, Johnny Davis, and just get an understanding of like what that transition is like from a really structured college program to moving to the NBA, essentially. And Wisconsin's offense, especially at the time that Sam was there under Bo Ryan, played a swing offense, just like a really structured kind of four out you know system. And 
all five players had to be interchangeable. They needed a lot of spacing, screening, cutting, good passing, all that kind of stuff. Everybody has to post up. Like it's very regimented. It's a deliberate offense. There's a lot of passes. Uh, you got to have like high percentage shots. So for Johnny to go from that to a more free flowing system in summer league and then the G League, like the go go that then I gave up 141 points to a team that had like six players available. Like they're not playing much defense at the moment. And I think this is just like a really uh, steep learning curve for someone like him coming from where he came from. So I think Sam is going to be able to give us a lot of perspective on that. Maybe it's not an excuse. I don't know. Like we'll we'll get the Sam's take and, and kind of see where we're at and go from there. So uh, yeah, with that, let's just get to my conversation with Sam Decker. All right, I'm pleased to be joined by London Lion, Sam Decker. How's it going, Sam? Doing fine. Great to chat with you and uh, get a chance to talk again. It's been it's been a while and um, a lot has happened since the last time we chatted. So I uh, appreciate you reaching out and getting a chance to talk with you. Yeah, good, exciting stuff too. Last time I talked to you, you weren't a dad. So uh, how's that going? How's the little one? Uh, it's, so far, it's been the best thing I've ever done, That's which great. is... Uh, you know, it's it's been the it's been the most re- rewarding thing uh, at times, the most challenging. Um, but overall, he's a fantastic boy, and um, you know, me and my wife are very blessed. So we're we're having a great time, and um, time goes fast. You just gotta you gotta you gotta realize that, and um, you know, take every moment as it comes. He's got to be the most well traveled baby out there at this point, too. But you know, kind of bicontinental at this point, which is pretty awesome. As we talk, he is getting packed up. His mom and him are in Phoenix right now. They were doing Super Bowl, Super Bowl prep. Sure. So uh, they're getting packed up to get on a flight and head back to London. So he's about to cross the Atlantic once again. Nice. Very cool. That's a few more European trips than I've made. So I'm pretty jealous of the little guy. <laughs> uh, just want to start out with how are you? How's things? I mentioned the London Lions. If you could tell folks a little bit about the team you're playing for, how the season's going, I think people love just kind of check in a little bit. Yeah. So far has been um, a really good year for me. Um, I've had a lot of fun, been playing um, some really good basketball. I think the last 18 months or so have been the best I've felt as a basketball player. And um, it's funny that you always talk about guys go- coming into their prime and things slowing down for them. That may have taken me a little longer, but now I understand what they meant by that, sure. where the game feels like it's in slow motion almost. And um, you can manipulate the game in ways that you hadn't before and read things much easier than you ha- hadn't before. And um, I'm playing in London with the London London Lions. And you no, know, it was kind of a leap of faith. Uh, the Lions weren't a very respected team in Europe. They got purchased by a new ownership group out of Miami called 777 Partners, and they want to make this a destination to be. And they trusted me to be uh, a catalyst for that and to grow the game in London, grow the game in Britain. And so far, we've done that. Um, we're first in our league right now. We're 17 and two. Um, London has not been a team that has won this league much at all um and we are in euro cup and um you know that's one step down from euro league and euro league foresees a team in london and uh, and a team in paris and um you know so we're uh, one of those teams that's trying to vie for a spot in the euro league and uh we clinched the playoff spot the other night and now we're playing for seeding but 
I remember before the season, people were tweeting at me in Europe saying, you guys are going to go 0-18 in the regular season yeah. in Euro Cup. You know, London's a joke. You know, this is just a money grab, da-da-da-da. And we put together a really nice roster and a great team. And it's been uh, it's been fun being a leader and, um, you know, getting wins in places we're not supposed to. A uh, friend of the show, Isaiah Reese, that played at Canisius and played for the Santa Cruz Warriors, played there last year and said the same thing. Like they were they were really putting money into this thing and they wanted London to be like the destination. And uh, they played in FIBA Euro Cup, mm-hmm. which is just even a step down from what you guys are playing this year. And, uh, you know, you guys are, are on the way up, which is awesome to see. Yeah, it's been cool to seeing the, the growth um, of basketball here. Um, early in the year, there was excitement about our team, but we were getting, you know, 1500 people at games and it wasn't like whatever we're having Wednesday night, Tuesday night games that we're almost selling out our arena. And it's a lot of youth and parents bringing their kids back again. Um, and when we're getting that like, um, return from kids saying like, oh my gosh, I want to go back and. Um, you know, some local celebrities, some East London celebrities kind of um, bringing their friends, bringing their, you know, their people and returning. And we keep seeing familiar faces. That's cool to us because it means we're doing something right and that our game day experience is fun. It's different. It's not the European style that many are used to where it's just basketball. There's nothing in between. There's whatever. No, we're, we're doing events. We're doing, you know, very Americanized uh, marketing and uh, and appealing to the fans. And it's been exciting. It's been fun. And um, who knows what the future holds, but this has been a really good thing for, for myself, for my family. And um, I can't tell you how many guys have reached out saying London looks fun to play in, you know, you know, get me in their ear type of thing. And um, you know, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Just being on the, like the front end of something, you know, like the start of a new kind of, thing there it's a growing league which is cool but uh building something from the ground up like you know you don't really get many chances to do that i think as a professional basketball player usually the teams that better players like yourself are playing for are established already so kind of mm-hmm. being in on that ground floor is uh is pretty awesome was part of the appeal of london just hey they speak english here and things are a little easier or or did that factor in at all yes <laughs> to be honest yes you know comfortability for my family living in different countries turkey russia it's you know you you acclimate but it's never going to be a feeling like home um this feels like like it's just in far east coast city mm-hmm. you know where, you know like you're walking around you hear in english and you can get from point a to point b easily my family can fly here easily uh, my parents can get back and forth it's it's so much more simple and um our head coach is american our gm's american um so that helps and the whole roster speaks the same language and it's like it almost just feels like a a whole new chapter of european basketball and um i knew it was going to be comfortable but i didn't realize how comfortable it really could be sure any other uh, americans on the team that that we would know or names we know oh yeah costa kufus there you go um it. he's you know that's kind of our vet you know okay. 12 years in the NBA and sure. took a year off last year. And then they called him and, Hey, do you want to be a part of this? And he was an early signing and, um, coast has been great. Just the knowledge he has of the game and the way he approaches is so good for our young bigs, mm-hmm. um, to, yeah, yeah. To teach them and show them the ropes. Um, so we have, you know, you have two NBA guys, our former NBA guys, um, you know, 
kind of leading the ship. Uh, it's 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 good for the team. Uh, we have you know three Great Britain national team guys here. We have one Canadian national team guy. Um, you know, so we've filled out a really nice roster. And um, fellow Badger Jordan Taylor joined us, nice. uh, awesome. former All American at Wisconsin. So um, you know, a great group, a, a group of guys that when you can speak the same language, like I said, to each other, the communication, it becomes so easy. And uh, we we recently signed, signed uh, Mieoni, who mm. was a Utah yeah. Jazz player but, for the yeah. last few years. And um, we found out he had a British passport, so he doesn't go against the international guys rules. That's so it's huge. been, it's been, uh, it's been great signing some guys with high level talent and just showing um, kind of unleashing that. Uh, so for anybody not familiar with the format, you play in your local league in England but you're also playing Euro Cup. So that's a certain amount of games toward a larger competition and their teams from kind of really all over Europe. Yep. Uh, I guess, how is your team doing in Euro Cup? And, mm-hmm. and you know, what's the expectation for for you and the guys? Yep. Um, no, it's, 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 it's hard for even my family sometimes to keep track of our games. Um, you know, British Basketball League, we play 36 regular season games. Um, so spread out over the year. And... Um, then in Euro Cup, you have 18 regular season matchups. So there's two groups of nine or two groups of 10. I forget mm-hmm. how it works. And uh, you play each side on your group twice. And um, and then top eight from each side or two groups of 10. Yeah. So top eight from each side uh, move on to the playoffs. And um, we've lost a couple heartbreakers that, you know, we could be third or fourth right now. One possession games that we let slip away. Uh, that just comes with learning how to win and a team that you know has to learn that you have to go through those growing pains at times. And, you know, we have games where we're up 15 and end up losing. And, you, you know, those are I'd rather learn those early than in the playoffs. Yeah, so for sure. um, right now we're in riding sixth place in our side. Um, you know, we're just two games out of having a home court playoff game. So uh, if we finish, you know, the, our last four weeks of the regular season, you know, I think if we can go three and one. I think we're going to have a home court game, which the Euro Cup did not expect. Uh, European basketball fans did not expect that. And, um, you know, we have some, uh, you know, we we have a chip on our shoulder because of that. So I think we've learned that we can be a good team and that we can win. And uh, that makes us more excited to get into these matchups with these old, you know, traditional clubs. So uh, we're the new guy in town that people don't like, but it's been it's been fun to play the heel. Yeah, I love that. I think. uh for anybody that's not following European basketball and all, like just just look up some of these Euro Cup rosters. Like it's a ton of names you know. All of them have two or three guys that played uh, multiple years in the league. Mm-hmm. Like these are stacked rosters. So um, just super good competition. I know pretty recently you played uh, former wizard Jordan McRae. You guys both had great games. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, I think they got the win, right? But it, it seemed like it was a it was a pretty good matchup at least. Yeah, it was fun playing against Jordan. He's such a talent. As Wizards fans know, he's like. Um, he's a microwave, right? You can come in. We we were calling him up from the go-go when I was there and we were giving him the ball at the end, at the end of a quarter, like in the NBA game that night. And that's the special, it's a special breed of guy that can just put the ball in the basket. And I know it's very cliche sounding, but, um, it, it is a talent. It's a, it's a, it's a talent you're born with just like having the knack and the confidence to get a bucket and he's one of those guys and he made us pay. Uh, we had him in check for the first half and we were up 10 to 15 that entire night going into the fourth. I think with six minutes left, we were up 14 
Huh. And um, Jordan caught fire. He hit nine mid-range uh, yeah. twos. You know, seen, in, seen that before. Yeah. yeah, he hit nine twos in the in the fourth quarter. Brought them back, and um, we lost by two, like ninety eight, ninety six. He had like thirty five. I had like thirty or something. And um, but playing against Jordan, you know, that's a lot of respect there, and a former teammate. So it's always fun. And you know, we kind of were talking trash, you know, but we were also laughing during it i was like i was like i looked at him one time i said like, well george what was that he goes, he's like i just gotta get myself going i gotta get myself going and uh he knew i could take it so um playing against him playing against other nba guys i've played with has been really fun over here because you kind of you lace up your shoes a little tighter for those matchups and yeah. um you know to be able to pre- be able to perform against those guys with the level of respect we have for each other is is always a great time is the goal to get back to the NBA? Like, is that still the number one thing you want to do? You spent time with the Raptors last year, and I think that just became kind of a numbers game for them with a lot of young guys like under contract and stuff. But you played well every time I saw you play. So is that still the, what you're what you're shooting for? Yeah, that's uh, – yeah, I think that's every basketball player's goal is to play in the highest level in the league. And you're right. It, it became a numbers game. Um you know, I, I look back at my time in Toronto and joining them in July and going, you know, two a days for three, four months with those guys. And uh, I, I didn't I laid it all out there. And that's mm-hmm. the thing that I'm proud of. Like. I look back and I'm like, man, I was really, really hooping. I was playing really good basketball and, um, you know, to be overseas and make the opening day roster you know, it's, it's a very low percentage chance that guys can do that. And um, it was, you know, stacked against me and Ish Wainwright, and Isaac Bonga, who are all in the same position as me. And, um, you know, it's a training camp battle for a reason. And that's, it, it's tough. And um, being able to make that opening day roster, unfortunately getting cut 15 games into the season. Um, but knowing what I, put together and the way I played in training camp and, in you know, uh, open runs, I knew, you know, how, how, how the level I was at, the level I was playing. And I've been able to now come back over here for my second stint overseas and extend that. So getting that experience again with the Raptors, uh, I think rounded me out as a player being back in that setting and just, um, you know, got me back climbing back up the hill again on, uh, my skill and my game and the way I approach each day. And I know other teams see that too. And I know you're in, in constant contact and your agents in contact mm-hmm. with all these other teams and you've got options and stuff. I guess a lot of this is probably just kind of, is it the right timing? Is it the right fit? Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got a good situation here. Like, do you want to rock the boat for a 10 day and things like that? I'm, I'm sure it gets pretty complicated. It does. It does. Um, in our contracts, you know, you set that up with your agent. Um, I would not be able to leave for a 10 day. Yeah. I would have to leave for a guarantee. Um, so, you know, you have, you, you negotiate what kind of out you get. So mm-hmm. if a Euro, if a Euro league team wanted to buy me out, it would be X amount. But if NBA team wants me, um, it, it's actually free. That's, okay. we put that in our contract, but um, has, we have obviously nothing of that sort has come about, but also I'm not tripping. Like I've, mm-hmm. you know, set some roots here. I've created something fun here and I'm, legitimately happy like i'm having a lot of fun and i'm loving the the role i have and the relationship with the with the coaching staff and the front office like i have everything i need in terms of overseas overseas stuff here um and in one of the coolest cities in the world so i am not 
on the phone with my agent every day saying, give me back, give me back. It's just, you know, they call me once in a while, update me. Hey, you know, that's nothing here, nothing here. I'm okay. Just I'm, I'm going to practice and having fun and I actually am having fun. So, um, I'm in no rush. If something happens, it happens. But, uh, if not, I'm very, very happy as a London line right now. I think that's kind of the right, you know, mindset to be into, right? Like you're negotiating from a position of power there when you're like, you don't need to be out of where you are. Like you're, Mm -hmm. you're happy with that. So that's awesome to hear. I'm glad you could update uh, wizards fans because you were, you were a favorite here too, while you're here. And I think we all want the best for you. So that's, I appreciate that. I I miss, I missed my time in, in Washington. It was too short. I thought we had some fun and, um, and unfortunately again, numbers come into play with that. And, um, I'll always have a soft spot for Washington. They're sort of in like the same weird limbo-y spot. They they were when you left. Like they mm-hmm. could be a playoff team. They might not be a playoff team. They've got a bunch of guys, but they're not really uh, kind of getting over the top here. And I think one of the things Wizards fans thought with this most recent draft pick, they took uh, someone from your alma mater, Johnny Davis out of Wisconsin, and thought like this is a guy, he's Big Ten Player of the Year. He'll come in right away and be able to contribute there's a guy that put up you know 20 points a game in the big 10 played tough defense and we just had tommy shepherd say in an interview yesterday that oh they never expected him to come in and give them anything uh right out of the gate which was a surprise to fans uh but he struggled i mean i think you know that's not gonna offend anybody or be a surprise to any badgers listening to this it's not the rookie year that i think any of us would have uh you know expected from him i guess can you just talk a little bit about how hard that transition actually is from like Big Ten basketball, but specifically the way Wisconsin runs things into the NBA. Yeah, I, I don't think sugarcoating helps anyone, right? Johnny struggled. The transition looks like it's been harder for him than expected. Mm-hmm. I struggled, so I can I can I can talk on this from a perspective of I've been there. So I, you know, how, how can I offend if I'm the one that was in these shoes? And, um, you know, I actually see a lot of what I was feeling in Johnny. It's and the first thing that I noticed is his jump shot. Mm -hmm. Um, it looks like he got into the gym after the draft and they tried to deconstruct him from the ground up and, that he was trying to be a, a a good soldier and just listen and nod his head and say, yes, yes, yes. And it looks like it got in his head. And that's, I, I think I tweeted it at a Wizards thing. Um, yeah, saying a, like, a, I don't. A buddy yeah. of mine, Oz, tweeted out the, yeah. the, uh, the knees bowed in together kind of form. And, and you said, a lot of development staffs do this to rookies. It's so frustrating. I'll never understand. And that's yeah. the first thing I reached out to you about because that was so insightful. I thought I'd, I'd love to just hear like, why did why did teams do that? I mean, it just it's it, it's the timing it's is my wild. biggest it's my biggest gripe with the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest league in the world, but it also gets in its way so much, and it's very it it hurts some players. Some players forget how to play being right. in the NBA because it's a lot of run to the corner and wait, run mm-hmm. to here and wait, do this and that's it. And a lot of the a lot of these coaches they think they have every answer, but they've never worked with Johnny. They've mm-hmm. never worked with player X. They've never worked. Sometimes it works, but to meet a kid and Im- immediately be like, oh, I don't like that. Well, he shot like this forever. Yeah. And he shot it at a, a decent clip. Mm-hmm. So how about you rep out what he's good at? 
and then keep it trying to add to his tool bag instead of, oh, let's strip it down to where you're afraid to do anything because you feel like you can't dribble into your shot. You can't get into a step back, can't get into the things that are natural to you because you're thinking about, oh, elbow in, feet down, arm extended. It's just unrealistic. And that was the biggest problem that I had my rookie year was I shot early in the year. I had an injury my junior year was about 30% from three. Once Big Ten play started, I finished around 40, but overall it was mid 30%. Hmm. And then I got to the NCAA tournament, was healthy. I was like almost 50% from yeah, three. Yeah, you scorched people. Yep. Yeah. And I was like, no, it was just a matter of having my legs back and, and feeling like myself. But then I get drafted and they're like, well, you, were, you weren't great from this area. You weren't great from this area. Let's work on this. And then all of a sudden they're changing my form and I'm, I've shot forever and I've shot, I'm a good shooter. And now I'm, now I'm being told I'm not a good shooter and I have to change this before I can get on the floor. And it just messes with you as a young kid. I was 20 years old. Johnny's young. It's like, mm-hmm. wait, so now I don't know how to play. I just got drafted in the first round for a reason. And you see that. And I, and I empathize with Johnny going through that. He's got to find a way and get people around him. And hopefully it's the coaching staff to yeah. say, Hey, let's get you just, your mind clear. And for me, it was, I played in the G league a little bit. I had back surgery, but I played in the G league a little bit and that helped me. And they're like, Sam, if you're open, shoot it. Like, let's just get you back to feeling like yourself. And, they, and then they shut me down after a couple of weeks, but that like just getting a break with my back surgery and like getting away from the team and feeling like, okay, no pressure that helped me. I don't know what it's like right now in Washington, but he's got to find a way to just wipe it clean mm-hmm. and just say like this is a wash right now and reset and know everything that, and know that i have a year coming up but he shouldn't leave washington this summer and that was the thing i did yeah. in houston i stayed may may everyone at home i stayed mm-hmm. and i said you know we have a new coaching staff coming and i don't i don't know what the future holds in washington but i said i'm going to prove this is who i am da, da, da. Mm-hmm. and you know i slowly gained the trust of mike d'antoni and the coaching staff there and then boom Day one, I'm in the rotation for my in my second year. After what everyone thought, oh, this guy's going to be a huge bust. My first year, I was in the rotation playing almost 20 minutes a game for a two seed in the West. So, you Wizards fans should understand that. Hey, he's young. He was a slow starter at Wisconsin. Yep. If he ha- puts together another good summer, gains some confidence, learns the NBA way to play, learns the sets a little more, learns how to slow it down for himself, he could be your backup point guard next year. You know, it's it's just a matter of if and when. I think it's been just like a perfect storm for him, right? He had the injury the second half of the year last year. I think it's similar to you where maybe people thought that the percentages were actually worse than they were because he was shooting with a lower leg injury. And you come in, you're not healthy all summer, so they can't really do that sort of shot maintenance with you like before you even get to like actual games. And you come from somewhere like, I think, Greg Gard is still running the same swing offense you guys ran, right? Like that's a pretty heavily like regimented thing. And now it's like roll the ball out. It's summer league. Yeah. Uh, Like I can't imagine that suits his style of play. So that was probably the biggest thing for me is I was so much more ready my second year because I had to learn the NBA game. Yeah. Wisconsin, the pace is a little slowed down. Um, Greg Hart is trying to now implement a little more pick mid pick and roll. Um, especially when you had a guy like Johnny, he was their bailout guy. So he had the ball in his hands way more than I think even I did, but it, it, it still has the same argument. 
it's a different pace. It's a different, it's a different spacing. It's different, um, you know, different places to run one through five. And it was shell, shell shocking for me. I think early in my rookie year being like, they had to teach me like how to run, where to run, like how to space, when to cut, like these things that just, oh, I just did three years at Wisconsin and it's so regimented that mm-hmm. it's mindless when you get out there. I had to learn a whole new way to think on the fly. And that's hard. And it's hard for a young player coming from a system like that. And I think that's what you see a little bit with Johnny. He's like second guessing. You can, see, you can see him thinking every, every movement. I can see it in his hands. I can see it in his dribbling. I, it's in Because I, I was like, that was me. That was me. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if I could go and have a re, a do-over and tell myself from the future, I, the one thing I would say is to myself, I would say, don't be afraid to stand out. Don't fit in. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to step on anyone's toes. <laughs> and I think Johnny's kind of the same mold. Doesn't want to get in the way, doesn't want to piss people off. But then you see a guy like Tyler Hero or someone right. being a little edgy, being a little from the start. And um I think that's where I can kind of see myself and what 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 Johnny's going through right now. But it'll turn. It'll turn. I think if you're coming from somewhere where also everyone else has to know the plays the same way you know them, and everybody else knows where everyone else on the floor is gonna be, and then you can get into the NBA and despite what Let's say the coach actually calls a play. Someone can blow it up at any point in time, or Brad can just say, give me the ball and get out of the way. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's probably really hard to know, like that second nature where everyone else is going to be mm-hmm. and where you should be. Yeah. And that, that comes with like, you got to be paying attention mm-hmm. each day. Early on, I felt like I was just playing instead of like, okay, why did I do that? Or why does Pat Beverly want me to be here? Or why does James want me to be here? Instead of just being like, Oh, I hope I don't screw this up. And like, that's kind of the mentality I was running around with early. Um, And you're right. Like Johnny last year at Wisconsin, you know, when things went south on on offense, Oh, where's Johnny? Let's get him the ball. Let's find John. Johnny get to the cup. Johnny do this. So it was mindless. Johnny was just, you know, let me be the guy. Let me get to my hezzy, my tween tween step back. Like Mm -hmm. you could just tell he was just in a flow. And now he's got to play a little off ball. Now where he's playing a little more point guard where, I have to set Brad up to get open. I have to set, you know, before Rui was gone, I had to get, you know, get Rui in the mid post, like little things like that. Um, That's not an easy transition. Um, And I think we're in a day and age where we want instant gratification. Exactly. Um, Whether it's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, everything is instant. Oh, let me make my assumption right now. Let me make this, you know, this, this is, oh, this is, this is it. This is it. This is it. And it's like, for a lot of rookies, that's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good players in the, in the NBA sure. that didn't have a good rookie year. That didn't have a good second year. Yeah, but teams, you know, saw them through it, had their back, and that's what Washington needs to do for Johnny right now is show them they're there for him. Show them, hey, we're going to build you up in whatever way we can, whatever way we can help mentally, physically, and be there for you. Late nights, early mornings film sessions like we have to help you out because we want you to be our point guard and if he hears that daily that'll help him but he can't feed into the 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 fan stuff right now because it's hard and it's and it's i i I used to be embarrassed opening my twitter being like oh no i hope they're not saying this oh sam's in a suit again or sam you know that's it sucks that part that 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 part is 
it's an empty feeling and you have to find ways to get your get your mind away from that i think it's probably even harder for both of you guys that came in with like hey you know we were the man at a productive school and like a big name college basketball program and now it's it's we're not instant successes it's tougher mm-hmm. than a guy that you know maybe played at a small mid major or something and isn't used to that amount of immediate attention or expectations i would think yeah that's really hard cuz we all have an ego at the end of the day right sure. And, you know, when your ego takes a hit, you start, you know, what's my worth? What do I put my stock in myself in? Mm -hmm. How do I feel about myself? And that's where I hope that he's not down on himself as a person. You know, he's got a lot going on, just had a child, um, you know, trying to find his way in this league where you can feel lonely at times. And for me, it was just understanding that this is going to come around and i knew i had the talent you have to tell yourself i'm here for a reason i was a first round pick for a reason um i think one thing that could help him is like get in the ear of brad that's what i was just gonna suggest is is he a guy you can go to um for stuff like that yeah brad loves working with guys brad loves seeing guys that work Mm -hmm. um brad's cut from that cloth of like like you're not going to outwork me. So if Johnny asks, you know, what can I do here? What can I do? And Brad's not going to shy away from that. You know, I, I was the same way with Trevor Ariza. I was annoying. I was a pest. You know, he was like, get away from me type of, you know, <laughs> to, to a point. But I was like, this is a great guy to learn from. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that's, I could, you know, if I could have a career like Trevor Ariza being a role player for 15 years, done. Yeah. I would love to do that. And yeah. like, the, those are guys you want to learn from. Um, you know, obviously I'm not going to James Harden saying, Hey, like what's this and what's that? But it's like, you need to show these guys that, Hey, he's not afraid to be here and he's not afraid to stand up to somebody. He's not afraid to, you know, put in the stuff that isn't fun. Um, and Brad is, I think one of the better stars that you can do that with. Cause he, at the end of the day is a really down to earth guy. Mm-hmm. He's really good at knowing how guys are feeling and communicating. Um, so that would be a, a piece of advice I'd have for Johnny right now. I also just, and I don't know Brad, but this is my estimation of him, I guess. Like you see Johnny, like when they've played minutes together, he hot potatoes the ball Brad, back to Brad immediately and kind of like goes through. I, I think Brad would respect a guy like calling his own number and like waving him off. And I mean, not every time down the court, but like, I, I just, I get the sense that he'd be the kind of guy that would want you to like show you've got a little MF or to you and, and like have a little edge to you. I, for sure. I, I think that's, a, that's kind of the biggest thing about being an NBA player is kind of the thing I said, like, don't fit in, stand mm-hmm. out. Like guys don't want to play five and four. Um, That's a bad feeling. <laughs> and if you sense one of your teammates is doesn't want the rock, it's kind of like, then what are you doing out here? Why do you why do you want to be out here if you don't want the rock? And I think Brad would rather have you be aggressive and try to make something happen than to just get off it. And that's um, you know that's something that I, I I thought in Washington, like in the sec in the second unit, I wasn't I was just like I, I can go get a, I can go get a basket. You know, yeah. I, I can get six points in these next couple of minutes. Like that'd be a great great little run. And you know that. 
I tried to do that from day one after I got traded to Washington. And Brad did like that. Brad, Brad and, and you know, John Wall asked Scott Brooks. I remember he's, you know, I came in, John was in and out with injury, but um, we were at Indiana and we were at somewhere else after that game at Atlanta, I think. And um, I had played a couple minutes with John. John's a great passer. Mm-hmm. And um, he actually asked Scott Brooks, he's like, can I play some more minutes with the second unit? Cause I want to play with Sam cause he wants to cut. And you also and, run and transition with him yeah, and finish and, for him. And yeah. And, and like, so when you do things that are like, Oh, he wants to be aggressive. He wants to make an impact, especially your stars, like a John Waller, Bradley Beal, notice it. And you get some more, you know, you get, you know, once you start getting a little more head nods from your stars, it's amazing how that can make you feel as a young player. So, you know, Johnny's got to try to put it, you know, put a stamp on whether it's a practice or after after practice, you know, two on two or one on one, make someone feel you mm-hmm. and, you know, get in someone's face. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten in screaming matches with Montrez Harrell or, you know, and sure. but people see, oh, Sam cares. Montrez cares. You know, let's, you'll, let's you'll push back. Right. You know, they know yeah. you, you'll have yeah. their back. Too. And like that's part of being a pro is like having the locker room respect you um johnny's a great guy and i'm sure he's having no problems fitting in but you have to have a little nasty to you and show a little nasty at times without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The first, other than his first G League game where he actually was getting good shots, they just didn't go in, which, which happens. He had like a pretty good run there for the first couple weeks. And he was making shots. He was hitting threes. He had a couple chase down blocks to the point where I tweeted out like, is he the best shot blocking guard we've had since John Wall? Like, <laughs> He was like up in people and I was like, all right, he might not be shooting the way he wants to shoot, but like he's locking dudes down and and there are enough guys in the G League level that can score at an NBA level. And he was still really successful. And then it seems to have cratered again. And now we've heard some stuff about a hip injury and he spent all last season kind of dealing with like nagging lower body injuries and stuff. At what point do like, do they maybe consider shutting this down? Like he's going 0 for 9 for two points in 25 minutes. Like he's still playing through the hip thing. Is there a point where you just say like, all right, maybe this is a red shirt year. We'll work on him uh, like in the game and fixing the shot and things like that. And we'll start him fresh next year. Because we, we as fans always hear like all your actual skill development really happens in the off season. It's hard to like real time shot doctor things and stuff like that. Like, could they just get a jump start on next year for him at a certain point if he keeps kind of being like banged up and, and not, you know, being successful, I guess. It's an option because... Obviously, we see he's not part of the rotation right now, especially a team trying to compete for that last, you know, last one. I think if the season ended today, they'd be in the play in. So you're not going to throw a rookie guard in in these big games uh, in pivotal moments. He's rarely in. He's barely in the G League rotation right now, unfortunately. And it's like, why slug him out there for 17 minutes? Yeah. So they shut shut me down. Um, I had back surgery in November. They shut me down, or I, I played end of February. Mm-hmm. 
and played like eight or nine games, like two stints, like two like 10 day stints. And it started off a little slow because of, you know, just getting my sea legs back. Um, but then slowly it, it got better to the point where I was hitting, you know, I think I had four threes in a game. Next night I had five threes. Next night I had six. Like I started feeling pretty good about myself and and feeling like, okay, I can actually play at this level and getting used to it and um ended on a high note. And then I called our team doctor and I was like, hey, I'm actually getting a little like nervy pain again in my back. So they're like, let's just completely just end mm-hmm. it. And because they're like, and I, I think that, you know, we had JB Bickerstaff as our head coach and he was very honest. He's like, Sam, you're not going to be part of rotation. We're trying to, we're a playoff team. Sure. Like, let's just get you right. And yeah, they shut me down and I was with the team then the rest of the year, but not suiting up. But I was able to be in practice. I was able to get all the learning stuff in during the season, mm-hmm. you know, that, so March, April, May. and as much as getting on court experience in the D league or G league is, is good. I think this helped me more because I'm able to learn from the real pros and watching Donatus Matsunas and Jason Terry and guys like Corey Brewer, like, okay, what are they doing? How are they getting on the court? Asking them questions. Maybe that's what Johnny needs. Like let's just get good practice reps and watch how these guys work and learn the sets, learn our defensive principles get a lot of shots i was staying we'd go to shoot around team bus would leave i would stay with three coaches we would shoot and then they would just have me playing one-on-one with a coach up and down the court mm-hmm. and he would just go don't think just play and then you start get your crossovers getting your hezzies starting to get in your bag and you're like oh my god i still have all this yeah. i still I have all i didn't this. suddenly I still... forget how to play high level basketball exactly and it's like oh then you're hitting step backs on a coach how do we get that net and then in practice into one-on-ones? And that was big for me going into the summer, feeling confident as hell. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, could Johnny use that? Just say he's hurt, shut him down. Like they do a pitcher with a bad arm and just, with the yips or something. And just mm-hmm. say, let's shut him down. He's still under contract. He's not going anywhere. Right. Let's get Johnny Davis to feeling like Johnny Davis, the all American. Cause it's in there, mm-hmm. but how can we unlock that? Get his body right. Get him strong, get him quick. And, um, you know, do those little tricks that we do with young guards to get them ready to play at the highest level. Especially if the expectation is for him to eventually be a point guard on this roster. I think just seeing, oh, Brad likes this ball here or KP. Oh, this is how I feed a post entry pass to him and where he likes to catch it. Like, I think all that stuff is probably even more meaningful for someone that's got to know where everyone else wants to be and how they want to be set up. And I think the point guard thing has always been a hard thing for us as a fan base to kind of reconcile because, yes, he was on ball a lot at Wisconsin, but he played next to Brad Davison. Like he, he wasn't like the point guard, point guard. And you have Tommy Shepard say on draft night, he's our point guard of the future. They ask Wes Unseld about it immediately after. And he says, well, I don't know. He's never played point guard before. We'll have to see. And then they said at Summer League, like their goal was to make him uncomfortable, which to me, I'd rather see the guy be comfortable first and Mm -hmm. then try to make them uncomfortable. So like, I guess for fans, we're just sort of like struggling with like, what is the right role for him? Does he even feel confident in this role yet? It's just kind of, I guess if you can talk a little bit about like how you work out roles and things with your team, like it's just so nebulous for fans, I guess. Becoming a point guard is probably one of the harder jobs in sports because you're becoming the quarterback. Mm -hmm. And so instead of 
you know, at school I was a wing. So I know that what the wings do. Mm-hmm. They, you know, I know where to lift when this guy goes here. I know whatever. When, the, when you're the point guard, you need to know what all those guys are doing. Every single I know you're the smallest guy on the court sometimes, but you need to know how's the five drifting, how's the five, you know, coming around, you know, the the restricted area on this drive. You need to know where everyone has to be at and then be able to tell them, no, you need to be there. You need to be there. And for a young guy that hasn't necessarily done that, especially in an NBA system, that's super hard. I got my eighth season and I'm playing some point guard this year. And it's my first time in this. And I'm realizing like, there's layers of defense to read. There's, you know, okay, are they showing? Are they hedging? Um, how are they playing Costa tonight? Are they playing high shoulder and coming up with a guy from the baseline? Okay, what plays can we run? Oh, Voida Herban, our three man off the bench. Like he haven't he hasn't gotten a shot. What we can what can we get into? Uh 22 twist. And like just knowing these things, every dead ball, instead of catching your breath, you're thinking. Yep. You're thinking, you know, how are we getting okay? Uh yeah, okay, okay, yeah. And like for a young guy. There's already enough going on, ding, 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 between the ears. Sure. And then to be able to slow it down and be like, okay, Brad's being doubled, you know, off ball. He's, be, he's being top left. What set do we have that we can get him free and get to, you know, his left-hand dribble pull-up? That's hard for, like, a young guard to, mm-hmm. like, then go to the free throw line and tell the team, like, hey, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and if you've never been in that role, that's hard. And so to, like, you know – jump into that and say like hey you're a point guard now it's probably a little shell shocking um i don't mean to be long-winded on it but i'm just seeing oh, it's really interesting please keep my on. perspective like it's it's not easy it's a it's the hardest job i think in basketball and i don't think we appreciate guys that can just go in and out of um you know play one two three at any moment like a lebron like that takes a lot of skill you know, we've seen Brad take, you know, some responsibility at times at the one when John was out and like, but that's a special type type of guy that can do that. So Johnny going from a two, three into a one, I think maybe, I, I honestly, I think the mental aspect of the growing process has just been harder than anything that his physical stuff is getting left behind. The emotional piece of that, I think has got to be so big, especially at the NBA level, like he can wave somebody off on his college team and they're not going to be able to say anything to him about it. Mm-hmm. If if you go four trips down the court and Kyle Kuzma doesn't touch the ball next to you, I'm not mm-hmm. saying I'm not picking on Kuzma like he's a bad guy, but just as an example, yeah, like he's a scorer. He, he's going to look at you like, yo, yeah. what, what are you doing, Rook? Yeah. Like um, yeah. just just knowing like that piece of it, it's yeah. it's natural for guys that have been a point guard from, you know, childhood or whatever. And I remember hearing like Johnny Davis played like mostly power forward on his high school team. Like this is a totally new thing to him. And I'm sure he's always had the ball a lot, but, but it is different. Uh, and I just, we always wrestle with like, okay, now Denny Avdia was on ball in, you know, in his European team. And now all of a sudden he's standing in a corner. Like mm-hmm. the, as fans, we always just sort of like wonder, like, where did they come up with that particular role for guys? And And is there a way to get them? doing the stuff that they seem to be more comfortable doing at least. Um, yeah. You, you hear like the Pacers ran summer league plays from Arizona for Benedict Matherin, just because they wanted him to be comfortable doing stuff that was familiar to him. Yeah. Like I'd love to see more of that kind of thing of like, Hey Johnny, mm-hmm. just ISO on the wing and just go at somebody. That's, I mean, every time you're talking about Johnny, the point guard, like I'm the, all the, the things that made him special at Wisconsin, like, 
they ran a set where he would put his his head under the rim and he would you know come up through one of the elbows yeah. catch and he either iso or he'd call up a ball screen and i'm like even in the g league you know i haven't been able to watch all the capital city go-go games but i'm like if i'm if i'm a coach in washington i'm pulling some of these clips up from wisconsin sending mm-hmm. them to my g league team and saying hey this is where johnny's comfortable yeah you know, he he. Let's 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 get this set, or even a ATO. Let's get this set in, and it's something he's familiar with, something that he can recall good memories from mm-hmm. of him doing it well. And like, who cares if it pisses the guy off? He was our lottery pick. Let's let's run it five times a game at least. Just give mm-hmm. him these touches in these spots that he knows that he can be successful instead of forcing. Hey, you have to be a one. Well, let him play. Let him play a little two. Let him play a little three. It's you know nowadays it doesn't matter who you, I've played the two I've played the four I've played the I played the five in Dintoni system sometimes because it's just like let's plug you in and I think if Johnny can get the ball in the G League in situations that he's familiar with having success um, I think that'll be big for him but that's also a little bit on him you know there's yeah. times where I've watched where in the G League especially there's a lot of room and if you're too hurried things may feel collapsed, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of room. And, you know, if he gets those touches in situations and areas like, like he had a great Hezzy game at Wisconsin. He had a great, you know, stop and start, you know, between the legs moves that he did well. Like there's more space on a G league floor mm-hmm. than there were playing against Indiana or playing against Penn state. Like there is way more room to get into this, these, these dribble packages, these moves, these secondary moves, so like, he's got to find times where he can straight line attack and use that space to his advantage. Um, so it's a little bit of situation, but it's a little bit of hey man, like there's room to be aggressive. Go be aggressive. I think you got some coaching in your future here, man. If you want to do it, that that was awesome stuff. I, I think that's what fans want to hear, and like that's what we're hoping you'd come in and tell us is that you know this is this is not only salvageable, but like I really expect him to be a rotation player by by next year um just you know sometimes sometimes like we said guys need the time and hopefully the wizards know that they've got to meet him more in the middle on some of this stuff too than than it seems like they have mm-hmm. uh i guess how much do you get kind of put behind the eight ball in a season if you're not available and healthy for the first couple of weeks like johnny especially he was a little banged up there was some lower leg stuff still that lingered at the beginning of the year like if, especially your rookie first training camp, like that's got to be the hardest time to miss time in your whole career, I would imagine. Yeah. The best ability is availability, right? And especially as a young guy, learning the trust from a coaching staff is the not just one of the most important things, but one of the hardest things to do. And especially when you have vets, good vets that are not trying to be slowed down Mm. by things they want to see okay who's this rookie you know instead of like just being like oh he's off the side oh let's not worry about him and i think i I think being there for every rep is really important even if you're screwing up because there's at least they're seeing you're out there and I'll, i'll never forget my third year in the league um in la Day two of training camp, uh, we were out in Hawaii. Day two of training camp, I was just doing post-practice stuff, and I strained my oblique. Just like felt like I got 
stabbed in the side during a move. And I was like, that wasn't good. And was limited in reps. We had two preseason games and I'm like, I can't not play. Like I, I, cause I already knew I'm like, I'm fighting for rotation on a new team. Like I need doc to trust me. I need doc to trust me and um, played, but did all right. And actually had a really good game. The second game of preseason, but this oblique was just like, not not good at all and Mm -hmm. finally they were like okay we're we're calling it like you are out for the next 10 days sure and like so i can feel good that i had a good game but then i'm like shoot like i knew in the back of my mind like so these guys are going to go into the opening night with me shut down so doc's not getting any more extra time so all the other wings in front of me are gaining his trust and you know didn't matter how good i played in the summer yeah opening night i only played the last five minutes of the game because you know, we we're up 25 on Phoenix and I went in and I had three or four baskets in five minutes, but like, I knew like, I, I'm behind the eight ball. Yeah, sure. And so like, if Johnny was out and not getting those reps, you know, it's hard for a coach to be like, yeah, let me throw him out there in live action. On yeah. Right. If, especially game. if you have expectations as a team yeah, and, yeah, and you're, you're a new coach for Wes Unseld too. Like yeah. It's... A coach that's trying to build trust, build faith not get run out of town. Yep. And, you know, if my young point guard hasn't played and I just throw him out there and he loses us a game, like that's on the coach as well. So like building that trust is so important, being able to be available. And that goes back to the point about like Johnny needs to stay this summer yeah, and just be like, Hey coach, I'm here. I'm putting like, in the work. You see me exi- every day. Like I, I know what the facility is like. They're accidentally throw the ball at Unseld's window, window of his right. office. you know, just like, <laughs> Make him be like, sorry, coach, but yeah. like have him like do stuff like that. Like just be like, I'm here. Like, hey, do we have a, you know, hey, do we have a coach here to go over some of uh, you know, whatever with me? Like kind of do politic it a little bit. You're yep. in DC. Yeah, um, right. so you know, like, it. yep. like it's it's all part of it. Like being like, I'm here, I'm available, I'm ready to learn, I'm ready to work. Hey, like, you remember how good I am? This is why you drafted me. Like little little stuff like that. And um like, I think that's going to be like a very important part of this offseason for him. I always think this is why it's so important for teams to have like multiple veterans on the team, especially if they have multiple young guys. Like you almost need like a one to one or one to two of like those kinds of things. Just sorting through like, I'm sure like what you just talked about for you with the Clippers, like mentally you're going like, well, I don't want to give like a bad representation of myself if I play hurt and don't play well, but yeah. I also don't want to sit out. So like, you don't know how to juggle and balance those things early in your career that you would, you know, now, you know, 27, 28, like now you've got a feel for, for yourself, for your body, for how coaches yeah. work, how the people dynamic works at 20. You don't know anything like you just, no one's telling you that either. I would imagine. And the coaches aren't, Hey, Sam, we know where you're coming from. You know, here's our advice to yeah. you. Like, it's just, Hey, figure it out. You're a pro. It's amazing how looking back, how little I knew. And like, I'm sure Johnny right now is at home and is like thinking about things, this and that, this and that. I know his head is swimming probably. When he turns 28, he's going to be like, damn, I didn't know anything. Like, you know, and he'll be in his eighth year in the Mm -hmm. NBA. Like, and like little things, like you said, physically, like I didn't take like being on the training table serious because I was, you know, when you're 20, you're You're used to just like, (laughs) you're just like, oh, I rolled my ankle but tomorrow it'll feel fine or oh like my hamstrings are sore i'll just go in the cold tub for a couple minutes but i'll be fine but like nba it, 
it adds up. There's a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of basketball. There's a lot of like little things about like being a pro are like super nuanced, but like you realize as you get older, Oh, like he wasn't lying to me about that. Oh, he, you know, Oh, like mm-hmm. my nutrition is important. Oh, like I could have like done a little bit extra time, you know, researching on my own instead of only listening to a trainer, like just being like, Oh, I should go home and like stretch this out. So my hip doesn't keep flaring up right. like little things you're, when you're a professional basketball player, when you leave the facility, your job's not over. Mm-hmm. Like there's still things you can do when you go home. And I do, you know, when we get off this call, I'll do a couple of things like just to feel in my rhythm and in my routine. And that comes with experience. It's not just going to happen overnight. Um, and that's why rookie contracts are four years. Um, and hopefully, and I pray this for Johnny, is that DC gives him time to work his way in um that's i see a lot of guys in my draft class I'm like damn they had four four and a half years in one place to like mm-hmm. really get themselves acquainted and get themselves into the league and now they're thriving i really want that for johnny i want the wizards to be like this year was a wash let's help you yeah. and that's I, I think it'll in the long run i think it'll pay off i think that's always what like whether you like the pick or not i, I try not that I'm the most rational fan because I am a fan first, right? But I, I try to be rational about that one thing of like, he's now on the team. No matter what you thought about the pick, you should want this guy to be successful. And the everyday tweets of he's the bust, he's the first lottery pick to ever struggle in the G League. Like, first of all, none of that's true. Uh, the Warriors have three of those guys that struggled in the G League as rookies. So it, and it one's just, off their team. Exactly. And, you know, it, this happens all the time. I think at a certain point, we've just got to say like, okay, like calm down. Like, let's just be patient about it. It doesn't help. We're not helping him at all too. Cause you mentioned like, you guys do see this, like you're all human. We see Kuzma tweeting stuff every day. If people are chirping at him, like, you know, guys, guys are human beings and they're aware of what the reaction to them is. And and I don't think we know that or we act like that at least. I mean, yeah. And I think down rookie years are more common than great rookie years, but the great rookie years we see on our feed, mm-hmm. you know, Benedict Mathurin this year, like that's a great rookie season. Yeah. He struggled in a lot of games as well, but it's a yeah. great rookie season. So you see that and say, why, why can't he be him? Or you see LaMelo Ball have great, why can't he be that? And it's like, well, LaMelo's brother, who I think is an amazing player, had a, he struggled yeah. in his rookie year. Yeah. And like, sorry, a book just fell off my desk. Um, but overall, like, having a great rookie year is not like cut and dry. It doesn't mean anything Going in the long run Devin, either, right? Devin yeah. Booker barely played his rookie year. And I remember being told by um, Jared Dudley, who as we share an agent, we're playing the, the, we're playing the Suns, And he was like, he's like, book's going to be insane. I'm like, he's barely playing. Like I wasn't bar- I was barely playing as well. He's like, he's going to be really good. Like he's really good. Just wait. And like, sure enough, he's really, really good. Another Wisconsin guy, Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. from milwaukee not didn't go to wisconsin yeah, but sure. jordan Poole, he got drafted out of michigan first round people were like what did yeah. a lot of g league his second year he was in the g league he was a bench and player that last then year he's michigan, on the finals right? team right. yeah so like like even if johnny spends time next year a little bit in the g league like we saw with jordan Poole, like did the first month of his second year in the g league gets called up and then he's averaging 16 17 a game like you never know what 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 can happen and how development works Everybody develops at different rates. Really, I just think it's mentally. He's got to slow the game down. It's going to slow down. 
and he's got to get out of his own head and stop letting people into his head. Um, whether that's on the staff or a skills coach he has on his own, like he got here on his own for a reason. Let that be what helps you develop is what is best for Johnny and how he can get out the player he is. Do you know him at all, Sam, like personally enough to like to know that he he's a worker? Like, is he, I mean, like, I think that's the biggest thing for, for someone like him, right? Is like, will he put in the hours between now and then? If the answer is yes, I'm, I'm not worried. Oh yeah. He's a worker. I actually just interviewed his brother, Jordan, oh, cool. um, for our podcast, our Wisconsin podcast, uh, the other, last week, mm-hmm. those brothers are like two workers. They that's, that's all they did. They're multi-sport athletes. Their dad was a NBA player and an overseas player. Like it's in their blood to be athletes, mm-hmm. and you you don't become you don't have two siblings going D one at a major program without hard work and mm-hmm. you know a want to and. They both had, I think, scholarship offers for football as well. Like, huh. like these these are these are guys that can go get it, and that's um, you know, when you have that DNA, uh, and you have that want to, um, I'm sure I'm sure things will work out. And that was the biggest thing. My, the director of basketball operations at Wisconsin was my roommate oh, at cool. school, so I talked to him frequently about things, and that was the biggest thing. Before his breakout year, he's like, Johnny Davis is going to be really good this year. I saw it coming. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, really? Like, he was like, didn't barely play last year. He's like, he has been like killing it in the gym. He's been there long, long days. And like, he's making guys look really bad in the summer. And so when you, you know, when you know those little inside stories about guys, like, um, you got to think that it's going to get better before it gets worse. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, so you went 18th in 2015. The Wizards mm-hmm. took uh, Kelly Oubre 15th. You're in that range. Did you work out for the Wizards uh, pre-draft that year? No, I didn't. Um, I didn't work out for the Rockets. Oh, interesting. I didn't I know I had n- nine workouts. Yeah. I worked out for like every team from like six to like 15. Okay. Um, every team in that range. And... Like the Bucks were like 16th. I remember we called the Bucks. We we're like, "Do you need Sam to come in for a workout?" And they were like, "Oh, everything we're hearing, he's not going to. Mm, he's not going to get to us, then, right?" And um, er, early in our draft was a couple picks that people weren't expecting, and then everything gets. Yep. I remember looking at my agent. <laughs> we're in the green room, and I go, "It's part of my French." I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah, it gets weird. And he's quick. like, <laughs> and he was like. I don't know. And like when your agent says that, like, you know, he was, he didn't say it like that, but he was just like, he's like, man, like anything can happen type of thing. Um, yeah, that draft night's tough. So no, I didn't, did not work out for the wizards. Um, I don't, I, I don't even know if Kelly did. I, I don't remember hearing about his workout with us at the time, but mm-hmm. you never know who's got some secret workout or did- something lined up and. Atlanta traded their pick to DC, right? Correct. Yeah. I, we were origi- I think we were originally, we were 18th or 19th and then moved mm-hmm. up, I want to say. But I remember the day before the draft, two days before the draft, I was flying to New York. I was sitting at a bar, like restaurant in the airport, and there was a TV up and they're going through the mock draft. And I would always been mocked like 10 to 13, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that day I was mocked at 20th or, or 21st going to Washington. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I knew they were somewhere in that range. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
it's just so interesting where guys end up and how much that actually matters. Like in retrospect, if you'd ended up somewhere like Milwaukee, I think they would have been naturally inclined to like give you the full four years up front to like figure stuff out. And like, it might've been better in the long run. So, so I, I think about this quite often. Uh, I was talking about this the other day with Tyler Ennis who played with me in Houston and mm-hmm. then played with me in Turkey and has had put together ridiculous career over here. And, um, but we kind of had similar circumstances. We're both eight, the 18th pick, uh, both got traded a lot early on Syracuse. Yep. He's a Syracuse guy. And, uh, and he was telling me the other day about, he was like texting me about our Houston days. And he was like, if you don't get traded in that trade, he's like, I think you would have gotten your extension from Houston because like I had a great role. Mm-hmm. I was playing a lot, playing well, and I had a coach that believed in me. Yeah. And that's like half the battle, like you said, situation. Mm-hmm. And like I was like, Yeah, you're probably right. But you know, how often can you trade for Chris Paul? Yeah. You have it's, to it's throw a tough one to turn down. Yeah. <laughs> all our young assets go into that that trade. And then once you get traded once and then you get traded again, then all of a sudden teams are like why has Sam not stuck? Yeah. And um, so the I know people tweet this and that. I'm sure people respond to this when you tweet out, oh, that bus, whatever. But like when I look back at my time in the NBA for what I went through, I don't think of myself as a bust because everywhere I went, I was in the rotation and I played. Yeah. I just was never able to get my footing to be part of a long-term, long-term plan. Once you're like a little behind the eight ball and some stuff, right? You're the last guy in part of a trade. Like you weren't their guy that they had drafted. You know, sometimes it's Mm -hmm. the coach wasn't a part of making that pick or that trade or who the pieces were like that. There's so much other stuff. And then that also plays on your confidence. And like, I I think it snowballs for a lot of guys too. So I I can't imagine how tough that is in real time. So again, I, I hope that that's why I always want the wizards to give them like give them the three years you always hear like year three is huge for everybody in the league like just at least give them that before we make our minds up yeah if he he gets the year you know if he goes through next year and it's the same story then it's like okay we'll give this one more run for year three whatever um because that should be enough time Mm -hmm. um in one place to figure it out but you cannot make quick assumptions after like coming from experience you cannot come you know and make a conclusion after one year for a 20 year old kid. That's just, I don't care if you could, he could be the best player in the league right now. And I'd say you can't call him that yet because he's done it once, you know? And so like, that's kind of, you got to look at it from that perspective. Like you can't call him the worst pick. He's just had one year, you know? And that's, that's, I think we have to uh, be humans about it a little, a little bit. Wouldn't that be nice if people on the internet acted like people to one another? What an amazing uh, thing. Um, <laughs> Sam, before I get down here, I've been following the trade deadline and all that stuff. Any any interesting thoughts or moves that surprised you or uh, any any takes you want to get off your chest here? Oh, takes. Um, nothing crazy. I, I, guess it, it, I guess I don't miss the trade deadline anxiety. Sure. Yeah, it's going to be stressful it. for you guys. It's fun for us as fans. Yeah, but, you just yeah. like... You're you're like legit praying that your phone doesn't ring. Mm-hmm. That's like the biggest thing. And if it does ring and it's like your dad, you're just like, why'd you call me? I didn't want to, you know. <laughs> Leave me alone for a week. Yeah, yeah. It's like, why'd you scare me like that? But um, no, it, it, there, 
the the KD trade caught me off guard. Obviously, it caught a lot of people off guard. I think I think Brooklyn just needed a complete culture reset. Um, just hit the the redo button. I got some guys back in the build. I think like bringing a Dinwiddie back is good for the culture there. You know, he he was part of that like D'Lo, Joe Harris. Yeah, it, it worked once before, right? I mean, squad that was fun, and they remember they were they were always dancing and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think they're trying to get some of that enthusiasm back in the gym, and um, I think that's important. I, I, the West is went from being not that good to now They're really good all of a sudden yeah. critically deep and critically yeah. tight. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I, and this is not a homer take at all, but I think right now I, I don't, I don't even think the Jay Crowder move makes it this, but I think it's hard to bet off of Giannis just the way, the level he's at. Um, but Embiid as well. I think the East is three teams, basically Boston, mm-hmm. Milwaukee, Philly, um, but I think Philly's all about who's healthy at the right time. So, um, I don't know. We'll see what happens with the wizards in the East and play in or something. And, um, you know, cheering for them a little bit from afar, just after the, the good people I've met there. And I want, I want Washington to become a team that is, is always in the thick of it because it's a cool place and it's a, and it's a cool city. And if their sports are good, it would just, it would only be good for, Good for the league overall. I mean, yes. like you know, to to have uh, the nation's capital be relevant uh, on the NBA scene too. Yeah, it's uh, I, I yeah I I always I always thought like playoff games looked cool there when mm-hmm. they were in with with the team with Wall and Nene and Trevor and um, Gortat. Like those teams always had like those playoff series were always fun. Yeah. So like it, it's it's one of those things that you want to see that again and. Um, who knows? I, I like some of the pieces. I, I I don't know if they'll be able to retain Kuzma. I think he's I think he's played above his expectations even. Sure. And I think Porzingis has had a, a little bit of a renaissance, especially you know the way the league has viewed him. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I think a lot of guys are thanking Washington for their situation right now and being mm-hmm. able to made outplay some, expectations. Made some guys some money for next year for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. But we'll see if they can retain any of them and um, continue to build a place there. So, um, you know, hoping for the best for them. So we talked about, um, as players, you understand, like, or you're aware of when people are maybe not happy with you, the player, but I think more so in Washington, it's, we're just kind of not happy with the direction of things over the last 20 years, realistically, like as a player, are you able to like separate that? Like, Hey, like if we say blow it up, it's not because we don't like Kuzma or Porzingis or Brad, Mm -hmm. it's because we just don't know what what that gets us long term or or is that does that weigh on you as a as a player too like no they should want us as this core we want to rock with this like how do you kind of separate that noise i guess you'd rather have people care than not care i'm sure so that's i mean it's a good start right um so if you have some fans that are being passionate like you'll take that part of it mm-hmm. um I, I i don't think it was it's always fair especially when the media and stuff tries to pin guys against each other. Um, like when I was there, you know, there was, mm-hmm. you know, there was a lot of wall, that going on. Wall yeah. and Beal and like being in the locker room, seeing how they were friends and mm-hmm. were communicative and like sure. had the same goal in mind. And then like, I'd read something that night and be like, that's just stupid, you know? And so that weighs on teams in a sense of like, 
like let's let's prove them wrong um but then when you have vets like it's like water off a duck's back a lot of these guys don't even see the tweets mm-hmm. most of them aren't even on social media to be honest like a lot of high level nba players are not even like scrolling their feeds I've, like i was one of the few i think kuzma is one of the few that's like actually scrolling yeah. um josh hart larry nance like are actually but like a lot of guys are like out of sight, out of mind. Some of them yeah. probably have somebody tweeting for them. I would imagine. And, you know, sure, for sure. So it's, it's. I think guys care less about it. I think they care individually when they hear the groans in the crowd. That's where like you'll you'll be like, man, like is he right? And you can't let that seep mm-hmm. into you. But um, if you know the guys in the locker room like you and are like hoping for the best for you, then you're then you're fine. It's all good. It, it's 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 really within that locker room that if you know they have your back your your job is much easier i've kept you for entirely longer than i meant to by the way this is just such good conversation so thank oh, you for, sorry, for making this good. work i'm you're glad good, i caught man. you on an off day here yeah. uh you mentioned your podcast can you please plug that for folks yeah it's called the varsity the varsity collective um it's an nil based um podcast we try to have on current student athletes at wisconsin to try to get their name out there for you know nil nil purposes and then also we bring on it's a, we have a segment called friends of sam that are former athletes when i was at school or before me and we talk about what could have been with nil mm-hmm. or uh just stories that fans would love to hear just like this you know getting like a little deeper to what they went through than the you know media can see so um it's been fun it's been it's been weird being in your seat like being a host and sure asking questions and trying to get the best out of out of people but it's been really fun and um i'm learning but it's uh it's been cool because at some point the the ball is going to stop dribbling and i want to be as well-rounded as as possible i think you got a great future on the media side ahead of you if you want that and i think you have somebody really good in-house to learn from too a couple people in the family to learn from so that's pretty good too yeah yeah no olivia my wife and kevin my father-in-law have you know taught me more than in just watching them, not even just like in communication, but just in watching them work and how the how the how the business goes, it's it's pretty cool. So yeah, I have two good coaches, um, you know, ready for me whenever I whenever I need them. And the pods available everywhere people can get. Uh, yeah, available Spotify, Apple Music, um, Google Podcasts, it's uh, wherever. And if if we get one more subscriber, that that would mean a lot to me. So I appreciate it. That's that. awesome. You got one more here at the very least. Uh, so <laughs> we'll you. make sure we tweet all that stuff out too. Awesome. Uh, Sam, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Kick some ass this year. Uh, destroy the Euro Cup and uh, put uh, put London on the map for everybody. Will do. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right, everybody. Uh, you know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We are presented by betonline.ag, and we will check you next time. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done